Hey, everybody. It's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It is really wonderful to have you here. On today's episode, I get to have a very special in-person discussion with my own daughter, Maddie, on her favorite records of 2023. We go through her top 10 albums of the year and even hit a few honorable mentions as well. This one is super special, gang. Let's get into it. It's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty well. I uh, I feel like 2024 um, is off to an all right start. Uh, things are going okay so far, and um, I feel a little bit of of hope and a little bit of excitement, a little bit of uh, anxiety, of course, uh, just because I'm me. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good about the things that are coming um we've had some good stuff happen on the blog uh before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode uh let's uh let's just kind of run through a couple of housekeeping things real quick like i normally do and then we'll get into this week's very very special episode i can't wait for you guys to hear this one um first things first uh did you all read my piece that i did on uh it's called patriot games and the detroit lions and it was uh, kind of a piece that i wrote about Growing up in a family where we discussed sports a lot and you really had to know your business and how I wish that we could translate that to our current political discussion and that the expectation is I should know more about the offensive and defensive coordinators of an NFL team before I have a conversation about uh, the NFL playoff picture uh, than I, I need to have to have a discussion about healthcare or education or um, pandemic policy. And um, I, I I really wrote this one from the heart. It's something I've been feeling and thinking for a really long time, and I feel like I feel like I'm starting to to get a handle on what I'm thinking and how I want to phrase it, and the things that I want to I want to kind of look for. Pardon me while I take a big old hork of coffee there. Uh, so I was really happy with that. Um, did you guys uh, Did you guys also see the? Uh, the interview and listen to the interview I did with Chris Dallariva, who is a musician and also a data scientist for an audio streamer. That conversation was fascinating. If you haven't listened to this, as soon as you're done listening to this episode, go back and listen to episode 47 with me and Chris Dallariva. It's really, really great. And make sure that you sign up for his Substack. His name is Chris, and then his last name is Dalla, D-A-L-L-A, and it's Riva, R-I-V-A. Chris does some really really great stuff and uh, I would encourage you to follow him and really pay attention um, also wanted to mention that I put out a piece on the blog um, about my I've been doing these uh, 13 films to get to know me series and uh, I just did one called 13 war films to get to know Maddie C and I'm kind of diving down into genre specific lists and again I want to I want to send out this 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 call to everybody 
do you want to put together your 13 films to get to know you list? I would love to help you do that. I can formulate it for you. I can format it for you. I can't formulate it for you. You have to formulate it, but I can, I can format it. I can help you come up with text. We can, we can turn it into an article. Um, you don't have to do all of the work. You really need to get me the films and then tell me a little bit about why each film is important. And then from there we can distill it down into a really nice article. And I think it's a really fun exercise and it's been a really great way to, to grow the community and every time I post one, I get more and more of a response. So please get involved. Email me at whatamimakingblog at gmail.com or just leave a comment on this very podcast and I'll find it. Uh, also wanted to make sure that you guys know that uh, I have the good old uh, WAIM radio show. It happens live every Friday at noon Eastern at suburbsradio.com. And then every Tuesday, I archive the previous week's episode here at whatamimaking.substack.com and you can go and there's actually a section where you can find all of them listed and uh, there are a whole bunch of them there and uh, you even have an opportunity throughout the week leading up to the show where you have a chance to chime in on the theme maybe you have a favorite song or a favorite band on the uh, on the idea or the uh, the issue at hand maybe it's a country or a region or a thematic idea a color a song about songs about names it could be anything um i've already done something like 15 or 16 of these that have published and i'm having an absolute blast and i really hope you'll come over and join us again you can find archived episodes of the show here at whatamimaking.substack.com or you can go over and listen live 24 7 suburbsradio.com my show airs live every friday at noon eastern at that address uh, make sure that you know that I am headed out onto the road this summer. In June, I am taking the Shedio on the road. We are going all across the eastern half of the U.S. I will be telling stories and playing my songs from my time in the Stickarounds, Harbor and the Pantones, as well as maybe playing a couple of songs that were not written by yours truly. The, uh, the idea is that it is a way for me to go across the country and share my music, and my life and my work and what I'm doing and and get this opportunity to play for really small, attentive groups of people in really intimate, unusual atmospheres. And I'm really, really excited about it. And I would love it if you would host me. I'm still looking for a whole bunch of hosts. You can go over to Phonophore Records. That's P-H-O-N-O-P-H-O-R-E records.com slash Matthew Carlson to see a full list of where I will be and where I still need hosts. You can also find that information over at the blog. If you just search the word Shedio, you'll find all kinds of stuff. S-H-E-D-D-I-O. Again, what am I making? Substack.com. The last thing I want to mention is right before the new year, I published uh, a podcast version of a story I'd written about a few months ago called Encyclopedia Carlson and the Bath School Disaster. And what it is is it's a... It's a podcast version of an article that I had written back in August about a school bombing that had occurred in Bath, Michigan in 1927 that killed 45 people, including 38 children. And it is still to this day the deadliest attack on an American school building in history, including Columbine and Newtown and Sandy Hook and uh, Parkland and, and all of those awful circumstances. And in addition to doing some narration and and kind of piecing the the article together in pod form, I've I've been working on a project where I'm I'm maybe making a an ambient record 
based on on this act of terror um, because this is particularly special to me i moved to this town when i was 12 years old and one of the ways that my father got me interested in where we were moving to because i was 12 years old and i didn't want to leave was he told me this story and it got me intrigued about in the it got me intrigued about the place we were going to move to and it, it piqued my interest and it has haunted me and stuck with me ever since and I think because I wasn't born there, but I still grew up there, I think I have an interesting viewpoint of it still. I'm very, I, look through the, I look at this through a very, very specific and unique lens, and I think I have something to say about it. And I think it's a horrific story that is completely forgotten or largely forgotten, and I'm really proud of the, the ambient pieces that I put together. And so it's like this 22 or 23 minute thing. And I would love it if you'd go over there and listen to it. You can download it for free. Just go to whatamimaking.substack.com. You can even find it in the feed to this podcast just a few episodes back. So go ahead and find it. While we're talking about podcasts and the player, now's a great time for me to remind you that you should A, be subscribed to this. Make sure that you're not missing any episodes because in addition to dropping interviews like the one I'm about to give you with my own kid... I also am dropping podcast versions of these of these uh, stories, like this thing with the Bath School disaster I was just telling you about. And so it'll be a way for you to get stuff that just automatically shows up in your pod feed. So make sure you subscribe. That's really helpful for the show. That's really great so you don't miss anything. Additionally, if you could like, rate, and review the pod wherever you listen, that is hugely helpful. Hugely helpful. Even if it's just liking this post in Substack and commenting on it in some nice way. Every time we can get new ratings, reviews, and likes in front of people, it helps to grow this show. I know that I, I ask for your help a lot, and and I, I still feel sheepish about it, but I have to. And I'm just going to keep asking because you guys are nice enough to keep helping, and we'll just keep hoping we can make this thing go. Speaking of making this thing go, the way we do that is with paid subscriptions. Uh, right now, everything that happens over at whatamimaking.substack.com, including this podcast and my radio show, are all completely free. And I want to keep it that way. But the reality is I'm not making enough money right now to put in the kind of time that I've been putting in to do everything that I'm doing at the level that I'm doing it. So if you appreciate this work and you like this work and you want this work to stay available and free for those that can't afford it, Now's a crucial time for you to sign up for a paid subscription. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. You can sign up for a monthly subscription, a yearly subscription, or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can become a founding member. Each and every one of those is a critical way to help fund the mission that I am on here of trying to live a more intentional and creative life and to share that with you. And part of me sharing that with you is sharing my family with you, and I've shared my family's movie lists. Uh, I've shared an article that my mom wrote about my parents' first official date when they went to go see Simon and Garfunkel in Detroit on Halloween in 1968. I've talked to you about my mental health journey, which is intrinsically woven into my relationship with my family. I've talked to you about my travel experiences with my mom and with my wife and with my girls I've told you story after story after story about my dad and my family is hugely important to me and when Madeline came to me and asked me to do this I was really 
I was kind of surprised. So let's do the official intro, shall we? My daughter Maddie mentioned to me that she wanted to talk to me about the new music she discovered in 2023, and she wondered if we could record it for the podcast. For years now, she and her sister have talked about starting a podcast, and I so badly wish they would just stop dilly-dallying and just get to recording the damn thing. They're both hilarious, smart, and interesting. Plus, even if they're the only ones who ever listen to it, it will still be totally worth it. So needless to say, I was thrilled when I was approached with this query from Madeline. Within minutes, we had a date on the calendar, and before I knew it, we were sitting here in the Shedio recording. As we got going, Maddie confessed that she was nervous and she hoped that she would do a good job. She was concerned that she might not have enough adjectives or be able to describe things in enough detail. I assured her she'll be great. I knew she would. Even if it took her a bit to get comfortable, I knew she'd be fantastic. But before we had even finished discussing the first record, I was already fighting back the tears of a terribly proud father. It's been so important for Kimmy and me to raise thoughtful, sensitive, observant, and conscientious young women. To see that displayed so vividly in the confines of the Shedio, as my oldest daughter and I talked about music, was a genuine treat. Maddie and I bounced through her favorite 10 records of the year and even got to a couple even got to a handful of honorable mentions you'll find indie pop omnichord singer songwriters broken hearts and even a little bit of metal it's really quite the list and an incredibly charming journey as madeline takes us through her best of 2023 on the turntable enjoy this chat with me and my daughter Maddie, who will be referred to more than once as Bear, and her very, very proud father. Cheers. Enjoy, my friends. Thanks for doing this, dude. Uh-huh. So, when you came to me and you said you wanted to do this, um, did you specifically have 10 records in mind, or was it really about kind of like sharing just everything that you kind of fell in love with in 2023? It's more so just sharing things. Um, uh, the past few years, I've tried to do a project where I make a playlist of the things that I've been listening to every month. Um, and for 2023... I tried to make my playlist only new things, like things that had come out in 2023, as opposed to just new things that I was discovering. Things that were new to you. Yeah. You keep going. I don't have much more to okay, say. Okay, I didn't mean... To, I felt like I cut you off. That's okay. It's all right. Um, so, so it was... I, I love this idea, because I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day that... I still listen to new music, 
and I still fall in love with new music, but it's always because it's being handed to me. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm going out and finding it or because I'm doing the things that I did as a younger person. So being able to kind of cheat off your homework is nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what, uh, well, let's go through the list and then I'll ask you maybe some, some larger questions that, that you've learned throughout the year. Um, so is it a list of 10 and then some honorable mentions? Do you want me to start from maybe the bottom and then work my way up? Yeah, I was, top I'm, favorite. Yeah. Or... Like, 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 do you have about 10 of them or like, do you just have I have about 10 and then I have about four honorable mentions. Let's, let's start with your roughly top 10 and we'll work our way from there. Okay. So what's the first one on there? My, my very top favorite. I kind of have them in order. Oh, let's, then but... let's do them in reverse order. I like okay. that. Okay. So number um, 10. Then number 10 is, well, I couldn't decide between where to put 9 and 10, but they're kind of on the same, not the same wavelength because they're completely different artists and <laughs> sound different. But uh, number 10 would probably be Star Eater's Delight by Lael Neal. Lael? How do you spell that? L-A-E-L. And then Neal is just N-E-I-L-L? N-E-A-L-E. Wow. All right. How'd you find out about this person? Um, I discovered her one of her albums a few years ago um, because she does a lot of uh, omnichord music. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that sounds really beautiful. Um, and she had this new one come out this year, and I have listened to it a ton. Um, Where's she from? I do don't know i really don't know much about her and i've not done a lot of research on her okay let me pull up her page um is she this is a younger artist this is a yeah she's i think just a few years older than i am okay so late 20s Um, maybe early 30s yeah um she spits splits her time between uh virginia and los angeles okay so she's american Uh, yeah um okay cool and uh, I mean, I have like a vague understanding of, of Omnicord, at least in terms of like the origins of it and what it kind of sounds like. How is she using it that you think it's interesting? I mean, like, uh, like, is it, is it vocal stuff too? Are there drums or like how, how um, is it all arranged? I love her vocals. Um, I think she, that she has a very beautiful and unique voice. It doesn't really sound like many other artists. It sounds very unique to her. Um, um, not to sidetrack, this is kind of, I hesitate to say it's a trend, but there are other people that I, that I know you and I have talked about who mm-hmm. have particularly unique voices mm-hmm. that you're really attracted to. Aldous Harding is one that comes to yes, mind. Yes, yes. You know, and again, it's a beautiful voice, but it's kind of a very specific, unique thing. Yes. And I would say that her voice is kind of similar to hers in a way. Um, it's kind of more, uh almost ethereal at times um but more like on the whimsical kind of aspect um where she kind of uh but it's more like kind of uh she kind of deals with some deeper themes and it feels like kind of uh of her kind of growing up i think in the suburbs okay Um, and kind of comparing that to kind of a fairy tale esque 
Oh wow! I, I'm trying to explain it no, as you're... best as I possibly can. I don't. I don't know how the listeners are going to feel about that's this. That's how. But... It, that's how it makes me feel. It takes suburban living and makes it whimsical in a way. <laughs> What a what a fabulous like what a great elevator pitch. I'm sure she would pay somebody good money to get that that little <laughs> summation. Have you ever heard that not that I'm a big fan of Lana Del Rey, but uh-huh. but the best thing I ever heard about Lana Del Rey was before that record came out, a record exec said to her, This this the songs you've brought in are pretty good. How do you see yourself presenting these? And her answer was trailer park for Nancy Sinatra. Uh-huh. And like that is it to have that clear of an ideal and that clear of a statement, even if I don't like the end product, mm-hmm. you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's number nine? Uh, Coast to Coast by Pearl and the Oysters. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna see how many of these are even bands that this old man has heard of. Uh, so far, we're zero for two. Now, one of them I know I'm gonna have heard of because I'm only surprised there's only one on here, but we'll get to that. Uh-huh. So it's Coast to Coast by you said Pearl Oysters. Pearl and the Oysters. Pearl and the Oysters. Mm-hmm. So now, is this uh, Mr. Crab's daughter? Is she got a band? Is that? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, no, what's the real story with uh, Pearl and the Oysters? Um, This is another band that I only, well, this is one of the bands on this list that I discovered um, just this year. So I've not heard of them prior to this year. Um, And they make just really, like, fun um kind of bouncy music i guess i would say um it's what genre would it be in um i mean is it kind of it's is it, kind it, of poppy is it in the it's, indie pop um, vein like I, I think it's in the indie pop vein you could say um it kind of goes towards uh I wish I had more to say about well, and and just the... just to take a little pressure off you, what we'll do is between the for several of these, maybe even all of them, if I can find the clips, we'll I'll pull stuff in so people can hear each of each of these artists to t- kind of take some of that pressure off of you. So you know, just do your best. Okay. Um, but uh, so it's it's bouncy. Would you say it's kind of um. Would you say it's fun and kind of party-like in, like, a Vampire Weekend sort of way? No. In more of a much slower kind of thing. Like, it's it's slow while being upbeat. It's, like, a relaxing at times, but it's also just, like, very fun. Like, you would dance to it. Um, this, okay, um, the way you're describing this... But it's this also, rem- it's, like, surfer pop. Oh, so it's guitar-driven? Uh, yes. It's very guitar, uh, key driven. I would say. Uh, like I'm picking up real estate vibes here. No. 
No, okay. All right. I I'm wish gonna, I could. No, dude, I wish I'm gonna, I could I'm gonna stop guessing, and we're just. Gonna... Should I just play some on my phone so that you can uh, get an idea, or no? No, I'll play the clip. We'll play the clip, and we'll, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, play some on your phone. Okay, that way that then you can kind you of can get just, an idea, and just... I can kind of maybe pick out words to use more. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'll do is, you go ahead and play it. And I'll, mm. I'll, um, this will take some editing, but I'll do it. Um, okay. you go ahead and play it and then I'll just play it maybe in my ear a little bit so I can hear just it. Just play it in the microphone. Like, just hold it up. That's great. I, I like this song better. Okay. This song is very ethereal though. I like it. Oh yeah. Well, like immediately, and I guess it's the heart, but like immediately you get like vibes of like Florence and the Machine and Joanna Newsom, mm-hmm. right? But this is more of what they do. Okay. So it's that kind of dreamy, um, mm-hmm. reverby vocals. Yeah. Or like there's also this song that I like. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. This reminds it's me. It's really fun. This reminds me of like if tennis were funky. Yes, it's right? very much so. If tennis was really, really funky. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna edit that out, and we're gonna, I, we're gonna I'm take sorry. the. No, no, you're doing great. No, I love this. I should have prepared more, but Dude, I didn't. No, 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 it's fine. I love it. I love it. No, I just I love being able to just go. If tennis were funky. Unfortunately, I do. I could write an entire essay about the next album I'm about to talk about. Okay, fire away. (laughs) It's King. Okay, all right. Let's let's stop for a second. And that is going to be your least favorite. Let's. let's, Well, this isn't my list. It's yours. Okay. Okay. So let's let's stop for a second, and let's talk about let's let's. Let's park I the bus for a second. I also have more things to say about Pearl and the Oysters, uh, Well, too. there's going to be all kinds of things we're not going to get to say, right? Uh-huh. So we'll just kind of bounce through these, and if we've got time, we'll get to your honorable mentions. Um, right. The big thing is what I want to do is I want to use this as a way for you to share what you're listening to and for me to be able to learn about some new stuff. The other thing that I think is important is, you know, one of the things I've said before that I want to do here is I want to I want to talk about culture and music and film and my experience um, and the experience of people in my life like you that matter to me. But it can't just be voices like mine, right? It's going to start out mostly like like mine because that's going to be the people that are going to be attracted to it first. But then as your voice gets involved and people, you know, who are not middle-aged white dudes (laughs) have their voices heard, this will become a space where we can do more stuff. So I don't want you to bring this list and go, this is 10 records my dad's going to like. I want you to tell us this is the music from 2023 that you fell in love with. Mm -hmm. Specifically, what I want to talk about is your obsession with King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. Mm -hmm. It's the Lizard Wizard. It's the Lizard Wizard, not the Wizard Lizard. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, It's a long title. uh, It's a really long title. Guided by Voices put out a lot of records. And King Giz put out records at at least that clip. Mm-hmm. At least you can just say GBV. Like, uh-huh. it's real quick. It's real quick. Well, you say KGLW. 
It's four letters, and one of those letters is two syllables. <laughs> King Giz is much faster. Uh-huh. And that's why I just say King Giz. All right, so King Giz put out three records this year, officially as a band. Let me check that. I believe it's only two. Okay, all right. Um, so what? What? Uh, why is it this one? Hold on one second. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. She's researching people. We have to make sure we get our facts straight here. At what am I making? But, yes, two because I two. don't. I don't count the live at Red Red Rocks. Oh no, no. I mean, I think uh, okay. So the one of the other folks that I had on to do his ten, his uh, he even admitted it was a bit of a cheat, but it was the live Krangbin record, mm. which I listened to after he recommended it's it, and it's good. aces. It's really, really good. Um, tell me about this King Giz LP. Um. This album is called Petrodragonic Apocalypse, but it also has a second title. Of course it does. And so it's called Petrodragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night and Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. <laughs> and and I just want to clarify, this is not a metal record at all. Uh, this is a metal record. This, this one is a metal record. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Because with a title like that, it has to be metal. It has to. It be has metal. to be metal. Um, so, as you know, I'm not super into this this world of things, mm-hmm. but there are rare exceptions, and there is some stoner rock that I really like, mm-hmm. and there is some like sort of metal adjacent stuff that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And some, what's weird is, you know how, okay, you know how I love music, and I love theater. And I think musical theater is an abomination against man. Like I think it's a it's a war crime, <laughs> largely the way that it's perpetrated on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of feel that way about when people smash together two things that I love and like you know make it. How is it that you can take two things I don't like and turn them into something that I love, which is what a band called The Sword did with a record called Warp Riders, mm. which is they take this like highly stylized science fiction mm-hmm. and make a doom rock record with it or like a stoner rock record with it. And it's great. And I'm really kind of hoping that like, please tell me that like these themes are carried through and it's like, yes. with D- is it like D&D level intensity? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. I would absolutely love to show you the Gilla Monster music video. It is so whimsical and fantastical. Um, they are just so hilarious, and they just went all out with that music video. And um, I just love the themes that are in not only just the music video, but within the whole album itself. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with their first metal album that they did called Infest the Rat's Nest, but um, a lot of King Giz album themes are very political. Okay. Um, and uh, a big thing for that album that very much carried through in this was um, how the environment is affected by humankind. Yeah. Um, and how we are basically just destroying the planet at a very rapid rate. Rapid rate. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with big corporations, which is what this album kind of focuses on. And it's kind of from a futuristic standpoint of there is this giant, like, monster thing that has taken over the planet. 
Um, and it's from these big, like, oil companies and whatnot that have made this kind of radioactive thing. Um, and it's kind of taken over. Um, a little then, bit like the way that Godzilla is supposed to be a manifestation yeah. of, of the nuclear attack on yeah, Hiroshima but and it's Nagasaki. basically like that thing came into being because there were all of these kind of, at least from my perspective, like kind of maybe some company uh, executives kind of creating this monster with their money and whatnot. And right. Yeah. And um, a, which witchcraft is kind of their thing, but I think it's okay. kind of a euphemism for money in a way. Uh, sort of, yeah, like a money like a metaphor power. for like crony crony capitalism and yeah. and and you know power power hangs on the power, yeah. right? Um, what is your relationship with metal generally? Um, I would have to say that I thought that I would never ever be into a heavy metal album at all. Um, and when Infest the Rats Nest first came out, um, I have to admit, I was not very into it. Um, but then when this one came out and I heard some of the singles, um, like Witchcraft, for example, um, of course, it's me being a person that is interested in witchy things. Right. I listened to it. And it is like heavy metal, kind of, again, the doom rock type of thing. But in such a a fun and, um, I don't know. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here while you think of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to get a copy of this record Mm -hmm. to take to the cabin so that I can hear it there with Mm -hmm. Pops and TS. Mm -hmm. Because I think that Todd and Jeff are going to appreciate this and maybe it's a way a, it may it would make me really happy to take mm-hmm. a record that, that they would love that came from you. That would make me happy. And uh, I love the idea of you teaching me how to love a metal record. That's really exciting. But I would have never expected to get so into this album. But I have listened to it so much at work. And it is just, it makes you want to kind of scream along with it at sometimes like there is just this energy to it that I really can't describe ever feeling from an album that it makes you want to get angry with them and it's also like just so well written and the lyrics are so fun and uh potent copy of it so you can actually like see the lyrics i i do not okay all right and that's okay i just i wasn't sure 
Um, what's uh, I can't wait to hear this record, Bear. What's number seven? Uh, number seven is uh, Flicker by a band called Death and Vanilla. Death and Vanilla. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is either an indie rock band name or a place that your mom would want to go on the Lower East Side of Manhattan when we yeah. went there. Um, she would be like, oh, we have to go to MoMA. And then after MoMA, we're all going to go get lattes at Death and Vanilla. Yeah. You know? <laughs> really, Kim? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what? Okay, I have no idea what to make of, of any of these words. I mean, I know mm-hmm. what they all mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, taken in context, I, I don't know that I could predict what this record's going to sound like. So I, why don't you tell me? I might be getting whatever Nordic Scandinavian country they're from wrong. That's all right. I believe they're from Sweden. Okay. Um, and they kind of sound like, uh, kind of like the stereo lab broadcast type thing. Right. Uh, very much so like that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so there is, you know, some omnicord, a lot of electric keyboard and drums, and it's just very fun and upbeat. And I really like the themes throughout the album. Um, what are some of the themes? There's really good. Uh, uh, let me look at the. That's tracks. all right. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to throw Sorry. you off track, dude. No, good. You're good. You're good. Um, you were saying something else though when you were before you started to look that up. I don't remember. Um, so that's awesome. Stereolab and broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very magical themes. Um, like the first song on the album is called "Out for Magic." Okay. And it's just, um, again, there's a kind of whimsical aspect, which I like kind of witchier themes and things. And all, so far, um, it kind seems of a like spiritual all of these theme. have been kind of playful records. Like you've used words like whimsical and bouncy and playful and fun. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's really, A, I think that's really interesting that that's kind of whether or not that's the cultural response to the time we're living through or what you're picking up on, but the fact that you're running to music that kind of like sort of pushes joy a little bit, mm-hmm. I think is a, a not, not only a really interesting choice, but also probably a really effective one for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know about this band? You said they're, they're Scandinavian. I really don't know okay. much. Okay. Um, I, again, this is a band that I only discovered during the summer. And is this something you just picked up um, on the algorithm or did you read about it somewhere? How'd you find out about it? Um, I just found it scrolling through Spotify. Okay. You know, we don't like Spotify much. It's all right. But... Well, you know, we, we, we're, we're having an ongoing conversation about that here mm-hmm. at What Am I Making and, and in the Carlson family in general, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so, uh, okay, we'll play a, 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 a – do you have a, like a favorite track from the Death and Vanilla record I can share? Um, I love Baby Snakes. Baby snakes. I like um, the sound of and that. Out for magic as well. snakes because i really like that title uh let's round out that the first half of the the list what's number six 
Uh, Heaven is a Junkyard by Youth, Youth Lagoon. A band I've finally heard of. Yes. We've well, um, heard of King Giz. <laughs> okay. Fair. I, I, a, fi- a band I've finally heard of not because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not heard this record. Uh, it, does this does this scan with the other Youth Lagoon stuff? Like, is it produced in a similar fashion? It is produced in a similar fashion, but um, I feel like this one is a little different. Um, it still deals with a lot of very heavy themes. Um, uh, Are you familiar with this? Is interesting too. Some again, I'm kind of noticing know, these his observations. Mental health and- yeah um that first record especially he's pretty like if you read between the lines on that record that record is kind of brutal there are a couple songs about yeah it's hard to know what's real and what's imagined or fictional yeah but you certainly get the impression that there was some trauma suffered Mm -hmm. at some point um and i think you get a little bit more of a glimpse at that and this album and especially watching some of the music videos i just kind of go Hmm, I wonder what he has been through because he's obviously been through something. Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember the track from the first record. There's a video for that where it's it's about, I don't know if it's an absent father or a dead father, but it's basically this young boy making a fire in the wilderness at dusk. Mm-hmm. And he keeps having these kind of, do you remember this video? Yeah. And he has these sort of flashes of like this, He's probably a little bit older than you. He's probably in his like mid thir- early to mid thirties, and he's wearing like jeans and a t shirt. And it's clear that it's kind of a ghost after you've been watching it a little mm-hmm. bit. And it just it it's haunting with the rest of the themes of the record. Um, and I don't mean to talk about that first record because I want to talk about this one. Um, what uh, uh, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. What what do you think sets this apart from the? Are there just the other two? Is this his third record? I think it's his third record. We don't need to look it up. I think it's his third. I think it's his third. Um, um, so what? What? Did, how is this one different from the first two? Do you think? Um. Or is it? I think it sounds um like you can hear more of his voice. Okay. Better. I feel like in the first couple, it's kind of more um. Covered or muffled, whereas you can very clearly hear his voice this time. And I feel like in the lyricism, you kind of hear more from maybe deeper down. This sounds, and I don't want to, I don't want to draw a comparison, but this sounds maybe a little bit like the transition that Sufjan Stevens made from the Michigan and Illinois records to making Carrie and Lowell, Mm -hmm. where things get a little more personal and they get a little more pointed and they get a little more direct. Is that kind of the vibe you're getting from this? Yeah. Uh, is there a song from this you want to share? I really like Prize are so great if you do them right 
and if you do them wrong, they're just they're just god awful. They're just terrible. Uh, what's number five? Number five is Ducks by Nicholas Krovich. Can you spell Nicholas's last name for me? It is K R G O V I C H. Thanks. Uh, this is another algorithm discovery. Yes. Okay. So I have not listened to this guy before. I think I discovered him. He was one of my earlier discoveries in the year. So I think I found this album in January. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so it's been quite a while. But, well, I don't know when this album came out. Maybe not quite January. Okay. What, um, think... what kind of stuff is it? Like, is there a, an analog that you would draw? Um... It sounds very similar to, like, Chris Cohen. Oh, um, yeah, okay. Very, like, kind of simple. Like, it's mostly just guitar, vocals, and, like, a little bit of, like, drums in the background. Forgive me for... It sounds like I'm trying to shit on it. It's kind of... It's bedroom pop music. It's very simple, yeah. So, Chris Chris Cohen, um, some of that early Andy Schaaf stuff... Mm-hmm very like i mean even that i mean that's what billy eilish and her brother did yeah right um i love this stuff i love that there are nascent little uh madonnas and cindy loppers and uh i was gonna say michael jackson but that has a that has a thing that comes with it Mm -hmm. or george michaels just kind of hanging out in their bedrooms waiting to to make it Telenovela is a fantastic band name. Yes. Tell me about this band. Um, I discovered this band um a couple of years ago and I adore them. Um, they are a couple from Texas. Okay. And it's a fairly small band. I think they only have like ten thousand followers on okay. Instagram and Spotify. Um, and this is their third album, I believe. Okay. Um and they again this is a very whimsical fun type of sound um to for some of it um but then others kind of deal with some uh themes of confidence and love in this album and i really like that um my favorite song is called eggs in one basket and it's just about having too much on your plate and not always having enough time to do everything and it just really touched me the first time I heard it and it is honestly one of my 
new favorite songs ever now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, sonically speaking, how would you draw this? You said it's whimsical and fun. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be back, like, like musically speaking, is this going to be back in that kind of tennis neighborhood, that beach house vibe, or is it more guitar-driven than that, or what's the... Um, it's a little more acoustic sounding than tennis or beach house would be. Okay. Um, they bring in a lot of like little bells and chimes. Um, I don't know if I have an artist that I can really no. We'll play a clip. I'll play. I'll play eggs in one basket. They told you not to put all your eggs in one basket To have a plan B for safer landing But the universe wants you to ask it For that which you need And it will answer A little hope makes its nest in I'm really excited to hear this. I, uh, you you seem really like genuinely stoked about this record. I like love you like your this body album your body language out. changed when you started talking about this record. This I love album it. only came out in September, and it just easily just shot right up into my top ten. That's a pretty good sign when a record comes out in the last two or three months of the year, and it, yeah. it makes your top five. And when every single came out, I loved and would add each song to one of my monthly playlists that month because it was just so good <laughs> this actually this actually begs an interesting question we're talking about your favorite records of the year do you listen to um, records i mean we're talking a lot about singles and things that mm-hmm. are on records and you don't have to say yes just because we're talking about records mm-hmm. when you listen to music how how do you break that up? I know I'm sure sometimes you're listening to playlists or, mm-hmm. you know, shuffle or whatever. But are there times you sit down to listen to a, a, a full record all the way through? Yes. With intention? Okay. Mm-hmm. How how much of your... I mean, I don't do that all the time, right? I'll put it on and leave it on. But, like, how much of your listening would you say is intentional? It sounds like you're spending a lot of thought and time on this. Um, I feel like this year I made it one of my intentions going into this year to listen to music very intentionally um, and differently than other years. And I do, I have always had a tendency to listen from beginning to end of a album, but I would maybe only do that a couple of times and then after that kind of go towards a playlist-based thing of kind sure. of my filtered-out favorite mm-hmm. things. But I feel like this year I mostly listen to just albums all the way through and not really doing my um I kind of neglected my later months of making my playlist because I was just so focused on finding the albums rather than just and I think if you're enjoying it um 
you know, and if you're if you're in the moment and you're enjoying records, and you don't need the exercise of that making the monthly playlist, other than missing the archive of it later, you're you're still achieving the same goal, which is to be sort of actively listening to stuff and kind of constantly evolving, which is what we were talking about when we got started, which is that I don't I don't go out and seek out new music the way that I used to. I would just wait for it to be handed to me. And I'm lucky that um, I have a lot of spaces that I travel in where I'm going to get handed stuff on a regular basis so I don't have to work very hard. Um, what's number three? Uh, Calm Your Farm by the Murlocs. The Murlocs? Yes. Okay, I, I kind of dig the fact that this sounds like a band who like are playing like a pizza parlor in 1964 in mm-hmm. like Brunswick, New Jersey. Yes, and they actually like to do um well ambrose at least well i'll explain who they are sure thing um this is a band um that is led by ambrose kenny smith from king giz um and there is also one other person in this band that is also in king giz and that is cookie or cook craig um and uh there's some other very talented dudes in this band but i don't unfortunately know them as well sure um, but this is their, oh gosh, their fifth album, I want to say. Really? Yeah. Um, well, you and I were joking when we sat down because, like I said earlier, King is the only band that I know that releases records like this is Guided by Voices. And yeah. I made the joke that, you know, who who the hell releases three records in a year and then still puts out side project records? And I looked at you and went, Bob Pollard? Because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so basically, me making fun of King Giz is supreme irony, is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, so King Giz sonically couldn't be more all over the map. Yeah, like even more so than GBV, I think. Yeah. So the idea of a side project almost seems ridiculous in and of itself. Yes. Right, because there are no boundaries with mm-hmm. the band. So what does what I I can't even imagine what the hell this record sounds like. This is more um, indie rock type stuff. Basically, they wanted to make their own kind of uh, I don't want to say dad rock band, but like a traditional type of rock like band, a straight up like four person guitar rock band. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but this album in particular kind of takes more, um, not country-ish themes, but, like, kind of those classic kind of rock motifs, Mm -hmm. um, and then makes it more kind of poppy and fun. Okay, um, you got a track we can listen to? Sure. Let me look. I like Undone and Unashamed. Really, is, it, is it really hooky? Yeah. Like, is it really like, yeah. like lots yeah. of uh, 
like I have sung this in the car with Hannah because there are some lyrics that are so ridiculous that I will just I just know them by heart at this point dude okay like can I share one of them please no it's kind of silly but I always do it when Hannah and I listen to this song in the car what's the lyric the lyric it starts off the song and it goes I've been pissing in the wind and I think it's so funny have you heard that phrase before no you've never heard that phrase before no um, you know what it means, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, of course, is a phrase that I learned from Dampa and from oh. your great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lovely phrase that, that your great-grandfather, Everett, taught me when I was probably about six. And it was, uh, I see, said the blind man as he peed into the wind. It all comes back to me now. This is your lineage, dude. Um... Pissing in the wind's a good lyric. That's what, that, that's what opens I up the record. I think that's on uh, Undone and Unashamed. And the first line is, I've been pissing in the wind. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Um, when you say it's kind of guitar-driven, like, oh, is it? Is it on that song? I don't remember. That's all right. <laughs> is, uh, is, um, is this, like, fairly clean guitars? Like, pretty, yes. pretty straightforward? Kind mm-hmm. of in the, like, sort of, like, jangly, like, birds, R.E.M., Tom Petty kind of yeah they're very um influenced by that kind of stuff okay um what's your relationship with like the birds and I mean I know you love so much of that 60s stuff I really got back into the hollies and the kinks over the pandemic oh did you really like I had like full force like could not stop listening that Hollies... I have not listened to it in a while. We did a but that one Hollies record. I honestly, oh I dear, can't, I can't say that I like many more of them. I feel bad about saying that. No, we but... we did a thing. I don't mean to cut you off, but we did a thing at the Robin. We did a thing called uh, Lansing meets Manchester, and the deal was it was me and a bunch of other musicians, and we all got up and played like two or three songs by Manchester bands, and so it was like the Smiths and Stone Roses and New Order and Joy Division and all these. And somebody did a Holly song. And as you are well aware, I love this record. I love Dear Eloise. I think that record's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's like two other records that I think are good. And then I think a bunch of the rest of it is varying degrees of not very good. I think and a the, lot of it is just not. And the joke, <laughs> the, jo- the joke that I made was the Hollies, the only band from Manchester to be six different bands. And I like two of them. <laughs> What's number two, dude? Uh, Milk for Flowers by H. Hawkline. And okay. I literally wrote underneath this, why did Aldous Harding break up with this beautiful man? <laughs> uh, I think that's probably private information that you and I are not going to get to delve into. Um, this is somebody that I've listened to a little bit that you've recommended to me. I really enjoyed it, and I haven't spent as much time with it as I probably should. Um, what do you love about this? Um, I, okay, first of all, this album was produced by Kate LeBon, and I have been quite obsessed with her the past couple of years, um, and I think that she is a brilliant producer and songwriter, and her lyricism is beautiful, um, Did she but, write, did she co-write some of this stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, but I think, I, I at least I, I may be wrong on that, but I know that she had a great hand in producing it, and H. Hawkline did write the majority of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
this is for, forgive me I can't remember the name off the top of my head is this the record that you recommended to me yes okay so this is the same album I I was kind of stunned well I was going to ask you this earlier and thinking about this record now this is a perfect time to ask this question have you ever heard the Tom Waits quote uh, I love beautiful melodies telling me terrible things no but that's this album yeah yeah and so there's so much of your list that just ties right back into that ethos of give me this really pretty thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of the one of the bedrocks of pop music, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm broken hearted, but here's this really bouncy two and a half minute pop song. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's every Motown single. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think? Because this feels very much like a record that if I were 25, I would be. I think the reason I'm not head over heels with this record is because it should have happened to me two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how how this record makes you feel. Um, it makes me feel very in my feels. There are a lot of lyrics that I go, oh my God, that is exactly what happened to me. <laughs> Especially with Milk for Flowers. Okay. Um, is that the track we're going to play? Yeah, I okay. like Milk for Flowers, and I also love Denver. If if Milk for Flowers is the one where you went, oh my god, that me. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's the one we're gonna I play. I mean, then. the majority of it is just very heartbreaking. But then there's also like a very nice song about um, like his family and like loving his sisters and whatnot. And obviously, from spending so much time with my sister this year. That song has touched me a lot as well. That's wonderful. Um, um, I I just feel I feel very connected to the lyrics in this album, much more so than other albums this year. I really, when I listened to this record, when you recommended it to me, I I was really touched. Not just because I liked it, but because that you clearly had thought about why I would like it about who I am, not just as a person and your dad, but as somebody who makes and listens to a lot of music. And talking about this with you right now kind of reminds me of this. I guess the ethos of what it is that this whole thing has become here at What Am I Making? That It's this idea of like, let's, let's learn how the things that we absorb as part of culture make us who we are and how do we make things out of the person that we are to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. And so to have this in the world for you is a gift for me, for you to give that gift to me and show me that it's in the world is, uh, almost brings me to tears. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really excited to go back and listen to this record again with a little more intention. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have to say, as a former film student and someone that is a very big fan of music videos, um, I think they did a very interesting job with the music videos that they chose to do for Milk for Flowers because if you watch them, um, they all have uh, basically the same clips in them uh, just reordered, 
Um, so they kind of tell a sort of different story with each song, but it's the same thing. It's just a reordered thing, and I love when people do that. <laughs> I came clean with her. see parallel timelines and different perspectives and I mean it can be anything from pulp fiction to something is sort of silly and to use our word of the day whimsical as like 500 days of summer yeah right where you're watching it from the perspective of multiple people all right so what is the what is the record of the year for you dude manzanita by shauna cleveland this is somebody that you've talked to me about but i don't know that i've actually listened to anything um Jump right in. Tell me why this is your favorite record um, of the year. Well, she is from the band La Luz, in case anyone okay. knows of that. I know of that band. Um, And she wrote the majority of this album, if not all of it, about um, her firstborn, um, her son, um, and kind of her experience of being pregnant and then giving birth to him and kind of um, going into motherhood. Um. She also has um, been dealing with, uh, she's a breast cancer survivor, and so there are kind of, um, you know, elements of, I think, that kind of uh, strength that she has within that, and kind of maybe how that affects uh, her being a mother and her kind of worry of uh, maybe dying too soon, yeah. or um, worried that... Um, She's not caring enough for her child. Like in the song, um, Gold Tower is very much about that. Um, uh, there is a lyric that says, like, um, if I ever let you down, bury me in the ground. Oh. 
this very soft tone, but it's just very serious, and it's just, the whole album is just so filled with love and appreciation for the things around her. Wow. It sounds really intense. Mm-hmm. There is another song called Ghost, and it compares her experience of being pregnant and feeling like there is a ghost inside of her. Oh, trying, wow, that's a fascinating way to look to at it. to come through um, and kind of trying to think of, like, who are you and who are you going to become to be and who wow. am I and... These... Uh... These are questions that often scare people away. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to. I don't want to listen to a pop record that's about that stuff. Like, I'm running to pop music that's about that stuff, mm-hmm. and I find it really wonderful that you're running to it too. But I love that. You, <laughs> I love that you also found ten records that you think are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, music's fun, well, right? They're fun, but then all of them also have these very deep deeper uh meanings to it i think they all talk about mental health in a way that is very healthy um and these are largely i mean if i'm looking if i'm looking at your list i mean these are largely people based on what i can see these are all young artists these are all people in their 20s and 30s I didn't really notice that, but... And that's fine, because you're in your... Except for my honorable mention. Well, except, no, Death and Vanilla, I think they're around your age. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and I believe Nicholas Krovic, too. Okay. I'm, I really okay. don't know much about and that's them. And that's okay, but I mean, there is, there's a... I would say that your list skews younger, and that makes sense, and is totally valid, and again, is one of the reasons why I this is a great conversation because it opens up a world that I wouldn't otherwise know about. Um, what I think is really interesting is that you've got this sort of wave of younger people who are making this music that we're talking about that is doing this beautiful music telling me terrible things. Mm-hmm. And that's a long-standing tradition. But what's interesting is you're talking about so many of those terrible things for all of these people are kind of the stress and pressure of, mm-hmm. of mental health in the modern age. And to me, that says something where it's not, you're not saying these are, these are breakup songs. I mean, I'm sure that there are breakup songs, Mm -hmm. but they're not the typical pop music fodder. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, what do you think that says about maybe your generation? I mean, I worry, I worry about you and your sister, for example, because you've been, you've, you've grown up kind of right at the, the front edge of kids who grew up with cell phones. And who grew up living in a in a world of of constant communication and social media? Um, how do you think you're seeing that play out in the culture of your peers, culturally speaking, your contemporaries who are roughly your age? Um, I think that there is a big draw towards like community in music where I think people like to listen to a lot of the same music that other people like to listen to. Sure. Um, Because I, not to say, 
like I'm not like other girls or whatever. <laughs> but you know, a lot of my friends just listen to Taylor Swift. Right. And they find a great sense of community in that, and that's very good for their mental health. Yeah. And whatnot. And you know, my mother included in that. <laughs> and look, we've we've but, talked about this before, but like, uh, pop music is a specific kind of thing, that level, whether that's the Beatles or Britney Spears or Taylor Swift or Prince. Uh, you're not listening to pop music in that sense because you're doing these sort of like librarian academic research or deep, deep dives <laughs> because you got the nerd gene. And I love your mother dearly. And I, and I, and I love how much she loves music. But your mom isn't going to spend time going out and finding new music. I don't anymore either. And so I'm not creating that as a judgment. Mm -hmm. But until very recent, until like within the last five years, I did. And I also think that over the past couple of years, Spotify has almost made it more difficult for me this year than other years where I've had to really go out of my way because they will just suggest me things that I have literally already listened to right. that I either know that I don't like or just don't want to listen to it because I already know what it is. Right. Um, and it's harder for me to find new music. Like half of my Discover Weekly stuff is just things that I've already discovered before that may right. have not been, I've not saved in my thing. Okay. So that has been... A little more difficult. Um, but I you're willing to put the time in. Uh-huh. I you... can't remember what website it is. I think it's like albums.com or something. Or albumoftheyear.com or .org. That's albumoftheyear.com sounds right. Okay. I feel like they, I've been there before. There's like, they put like a bunch of different albums that come out of all different genres and sometimes i will just scroll through there to see what came out that month is that the one that kind of um, aggregates critic scores and they'll give yeah. you like a, like a number out of 100 yeah. and they'll go this record's a 78 or whatever yeah okay yeah um that site's that site's got got some good stuff on it um i think we got time if you want to run through your honorable mentions Okay. Do you want to do that? Sure. All right. Let's 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 hit those four. And then what I'll do is I'll publish the full list. And we'll put some clips up. And and uh, you can make a playlist, too. Okay. Uh, what's the first honorable mention? Uh, Pollen by Tennis. Um, I haven't listened to the last couple Tennis records. This is a band I like. Uh, are, I would say... Maybe the reason I haven't listened to more tennis is the first two tennis records were like, oh, that that's what tennis sounds like, and I like that. Mm -hmm. And if I want that, I'll just go listen to the first two records. Do you feel like this one's a progression? Um, I feel like this one is much more poppier than the other ones. Interesting. Um, I... Hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's more... Um, like it was more acoustic kind of in their earlier days, yeah. especially on their earlier albums. Like there's more kind of a beachy kind of the, fun. They kind of feel music. like a gauzy um, surf record. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like those kind of first couple. And then of course, you know, yours conditionally and that kind of thing. But right. I feel like this is, uh, 
different in a way. Um, it's much more, um, it almost sounds more youthful than their other ones. Like, it sounds like younger. I don't know how to else to explain no, it's, it. Uh, well, like, that, I remember that Cape Dory record that they made was made in the wake of some pretty serious family stuff. Yeah. Like, one of them had lost a parent and the other one had been through a, a health disorder or something. Yeah. Or, I don't remember exactly the details, but, like. That's a very sunny record for people who'd been through a really traumatic thing. And it was clear yeah. that it was like a Newtonian reaction. Like, here's all this darkness. Let's put a bunch of light in the world. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it feels like that pendulum's kind of swung back to the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, are you saying this is maybe getting back to that slightly sunnier yeah. angle? Okay. Um, you know, there are some cute songs on it. Um, and, you know, I think Pollen, the song... Um, does deal with a little bit more deeper things than the other tracks do, but not in a way where it's gone as deep as other, um, or as personal as other albums. Yeah. Um, there is a song also called Hotel Valet, which is, um, a song that they, you know, wrote for each other being a couple, and it's about when they met. Um, and they also said this at the concert when we went, um, that the song is about, uh, Elena being a waitress at a hotel and Patrick was the hotel valet and he would come in specifically to the restaurant and make sure that she was her, his waitress and would see her all the time. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> what's uh, what's the next honorable mention? Uh, Luca by Ila Bamba. I don't I don't know anything about any of this. Uh, most of it is well, like half of it is in Spanish. Um, and I I don't know much about them. I wish I knew more. Um, but again, it's kind of a fun. Uh, kind of latin feel to it um more, more fun stuff are they are they from it's pretty fun are they from central america I, or okay i really don't know much about them okay. at all no, no worries no worries and again it's an honorable mention you don't have to do your homework on that one okay um no we'll we'll uh we'll check that out and we can yeah i'll have you put one track from each of the honorable mentions on the playlist too okay uh what uh what's next Okay, this one is actually an EP, but I listened to it so much this year, I feel like I cannot just not have it on here. Okay, I can't But wait. it's called What Will We Grow Now by Modern Cosmology and uh, Letitia uh, Sadier, or however you say her name. I think it's from, Sadier. From Serial uh, uh, Lab. Yeah. But I love her. And this album... You and me both, dude. Uh, this album, the lyrics on it are so amazing, and it's so like poppy and funky and i know i keep saying that about every single one but um yeah this one in particular just has some really good lyrics on it and some very good themes about how uh sometimes men are terrible sometimes they are most of the time actually (laughs) it's true (laughs) yeah um I'm really, really excited to hear this. The last time I got excited about like one of these like sort of tangentially French attached mm-hmm. pop records was when 
Jason from the Stickgrounds recommended Melody's Echo Chamber. Mm-hmm. Do you know that band? Yeah. Okay. And oh poop. And is there a new <laughs> is there a new Melody's Echo Chamber record this yeah. year? Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna put one more thing in here. We're gonna do uh, research to do. Oh, was that from last year? I don't know. Hold on, let me find out. That's funny. Now we're now we're talking about records that didn't even come out this year that aren't even on your list. That's how down the weeds we've gone. It's fantastic. Um, I'm I'm really excited to listen. What did you say the name of the band was? The record's called the EP is called What Will We Grow Now? Yes. And what's the name of the the act, the band? Oh no, it came out last year. Okay. But, so, uh, modern cosmology and modern, Letitia. Modern Art. cosmology. Okay. Awesome. All right. What's the last honorable mention you've got there? Um, Ask by Alton Gunn, which is a Turkish funk band. Okay, this is one that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, so how do you think you found out about a Turkish funk band? I found they had this other album come out during the pandemic that I listened to a lot during the peak of COVID. Got it. Okay. How um, did you find that? Just scrolling through Spotify. Um, okay. Uh, Turkish funk. Yeah. Um, it is so fun. Like funk in the sense of like, like true like 70s american funk or funk in the sense of like no, the nigerian like, funk that comes to nigeria in the like late 70s early 80s that kind of stuff kruangvin is kind of similar in a way so a little bit funky. of that kind of like high lifey jam bandy yeah kind of bouncy repetitive uh arpeggiations and chord progressions and um yeah, that kind of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it kind of jammy? Isn't oh, it yeah. kind of, okay. And that's definitely a thing you're into. Yeah, I yeah. like my jams. I know you do. Thanks so much for doing it's this. It's got some oh. amazing guitar on it. I just uh, this say that. this Alton Gun record does. Yeah. Okay. What? Okay. I can't remember. I feel like an idiot now because I'm the hipster who can't remember the thing that NPR told him about. Who was the Modu Mokhtar? Mm-hmm. That's who I'm thinking of. Did you know about that band? Not heard of that. So Modu Mokhtar was a big thing two or three years ago, maybe. Maybe even more. And it's a band from northern Africa. I can't remember if they're Egyptian or Tunisian or where they're from exactly. But it's three or four guys. And they make these records that are kind of like... They're kind of like jam records, but they're influenced by kind of the melodic patterns and the music theory that permeates much of that part of the world and so they're kind of these again they're kind of these like repetitive almost minimalist parts that are at times really simple and at times really intricate and it feels a little bit like kind of again like that 70s like Phila Cootie thing not to be reductive and make it all sound like that but it's got kind of that sort of like repetitive high life thing but at the same time it feels new it feels like dudes making it that are in their 30s it doesn't feel like a like a redux it feels like a reinvention it's fun um, so I hope I hope Alton Gunn is like that. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to to hear it. Um, and I'm probably butchering half of these names. Ah, you're that's fine. I think you're not even right. I think you're doing great. Um, you got any any overarching observations from the year that that you want to share before we wrap this up? Um, 
I mean, we talked about that how vocals like vocals and lyrics have been a very big thing over other years. Have you always you know? been somebody who pays particularly close attention to lyrics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you and your sister take after me in that regard. Yeah. I would say when I was younger, it didn't really matter as much to me. Like Vampire Weekend, for example, they've got some really bad lyrics that yeah, just don't great. make any sense. Yeah. Um, but now I kind of pay very close attention to that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. This was so much fun. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Good. Oh my God, I'm so proud. I can't even be objective. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I'm thrilled that she wanted to do it. I'm thrilled that, that we did it. I'm thrilled that I have that forever. I'm thrilled that I got to share it with you guys. Thank you so much for letting me share that. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that you press play and that you listen and that you read and that you comment. Um, please make sure that you are subscribed to whatamimaking.substack.com, either with a paid or a free subscription. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and that you've liked, rated, and reviewed it. Once you've done all those things, maybe tell a friend or share it on social media when you see something that I post that you like. Don't forget about the radio show that I've got every Friday live at noon at suburbsradio.com and archived, of course, every Tuesday on the blog. I've got a lot of fun things coming. I've got a lot of great stuff in the works. Don't forget that you can still give me your 13 films to get to know you list. There's all kinds of stuff happening, gang. I want you to be a part of it. I'll see you real soon. Until next time, I love you. Bye-bye. I'm not going to pretend that that was anything other than a very, very special episode of What Am I Making, produced by Maddie C., and his ADHD, and his beautiful, amazing daughter, Madeline Grace. Thanks, y'all.